Welcome to our podcast, Doing It Right. This podcast reveals authentic stories from successful leaders doing it right. It's about their journey to become a leader, their choices, motivations, and lessons. In essence, how they built successful personal brands. Your host is Valerie Sokolowski, author of eight leadership books and nationally known as an authority on executive presence and personal branding. Let's get started. Here's Valerie. So, welcome to the show, and this is really going to be different because I'm going to be interviewed by this fantastic woman who is on morning news, and she's a fashion and and um, blogger, and oh my gosh, so many things that she does professionally in the space of broadcasting. And so, tell them how this happened. <laughs> Hillary Kennedy is with us today. Thank you, Valerie. Well, I am a fan of the podcast. Thank you. And just a fan of your work in general. And I've actually uh, had the pleasure of interviewing Valerie several times before on air on different shows. And I got to thinking when I was watching the podcast, your audience might not know about you, what your background is, how you became an executive coach and just a master brand strategist. You've authored eight books, but not everyone has gotten that little snapshot about who you are in your life. So I thought this would be so much fun to kind of interview you and let people know what you're about and how you got to be where you are. And you know what? This is so unrehearsed. I have no idea what you're going to ask, but let's do it. <laughs> all I'm right, open. All right. I'm open. Well, the first thing that I, I know I wanted to know more about and I know your audience will want to know more about is tell us about your background, kind of where you mm. came from and, and now you got to, to where you're at. Well... I have to start with my background as far as a little girl because it's a little bit different and I think it really did form me. I was raised by a grandmother. I had parents but um, they were busy doing other things and divorced so thank God for my grandmother mm -hmm. and she raised me until I was 11 and you know those are the years when you're formed really when you're a young person so she instilled in me the values that I still have she took me to church and so faith was important to me early on little did I know why I would need that throughout my life with some things but um, that's how it all started she passed when I was 11 and my mother and husband new husband picked me up from California and moved me to Oklahoma City culture change in the middle of the sixth grade Wow, so that's got to be a major shock. That was a major shock, and an only child, and I didn't have really anyone. So, so I'm telling you this because I had to learn early on to really be independent. But had I not had that background, uh, some of the things that have, have been sort of downers in life, I wouldn't have had the strength to pull myself up. Having said that, one of the best things that happened in Oklahoma City is that's when I started in broadcasting. Okay, so how did you get the bug to be in broadcasting? Had you always been <laughs> interested in radio and television, or mm. were you, no, so what sparked that no. interest? You know, I love being in drama classes and being on the stage and all of that. I've never been afraid of getting in front of audiences. And one day someone said to me, you know, have you ever thought about having a radio show? And I said, no, I don't even know how to go about that, and I don't know where that came from. But clearly, it was supposed to happen. Right. So I said, well, how do you do that? And this person who had an ad agency said, well, you, you come up with a teenage format of a show, something that you think teenagers, I was a teenager, yeah. would like to hear. So I had no idea what I was doing, but I went home and I hammered out a little uh, idea for a show, 
and they advised me to go to the lowest rated radio station in Oklahoma City, the country station, and I'll never forget walking in and the owner, Jack Beasley, I remember his name, don't we? Aww. On those times the, in our life. Yes. And he looked at my format and then he put it down and he looked at me and he said, have you ever been in a radio station before? <laughs> <laughs> I said, no, sir. And he said, well, do you know what disc jockeys do and how they do it? And I said, no, sir, feeling really awkward. Right. And he said, well, I'll tell you what, it's almost summer. So just come on over and, and stay around and see what we do. And I was there every day, every day, borrowed my mom's car. And at the end of the summer, I was the youngest disc jockey in the country. And that started all of this. That is amazing. So, <laughs> so would you say he was the first guy to kind of give you your big break? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. that mm -hmm. is so cool. So I got the bug. I, so then after you got into radio and were a disc jockey, where did you go from there? So I did that during my junior and senior years, and that was another great thing that happened. Had I not had that, I wouldn't have been able to go to college because we didn't have any money, and I didn't know that. I thought we had money because my mother always had me dressed nicely, and she was in the fashion business, which mm -hmm. is where I learned all about image. That's and why you're such a sharp Professionalism, <laughs> thank you. So... Um, had I, I lost my train of thought. We, so college. College, okay. So I wanted to go to college, and I said to my mother, so uh, let's see, Mom, I'm thinking about college here and college there and sorority here and sorority there, as my friends were. And April of my senior year, she said, well, honey, we don't have any money. So I got in the car, drove to Oklahoma State University, found the head of the uh, radio and television department, and I said, can you help? And he said, let's get you a government loan and a job. I'll help you. Wow. So I was able to go to college that way. How neat. Boy, you How met some happen. really kind people along the way. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. <laughs> so you went to college mm -hmm. and you majored in? Radio and television. And then when and you journalism. Went, and so when you got out, then what did you do? So my first job was the Daily Oklahoman. And I was hired to go out in, uh, in the community, and it was a society department. So I'd write about things that were events in, in Oklahoma City. And from there, went to an advertising agency and did production for radio and television. And just little things happened, little things happened along the way. And finally was able to hook my own shows for a while. Then I married my IBM husband. Aww. That means I've been moved. <laughs> so we moved from there about every two years. So all I could do, Hillary, was raise my three kids, keep my finger in the pot along the way, mm -hmm. you know, doing some commercials or what have you. And finally we landed in Oklahoma City, I mean in, in Dallas, and uh, I got itchy feet here. This was about 25 plus years ago. And I thought, well, what can I do? And I thought, well, I can talk. <laughs> what can I talk about? I left out one kind of fun thing. Okay. During those early years, I had a charm school. Really? <laughs> yes. I think we should have some now. Oh, absolutely. Well, because, I mean, so did you teach etiquette and communication and I all those did. kinds? So yeah. essentially, those are the little thing, the seeds that you work on with these top executives now. Isn't it interesting? How? how things happen in life, and yes, 
And even on Fox News, that's what they called me for, the image and etiquette lady. It's so necessary today. Well, it's, you know, I don't like the words because they can come across kind of like, oh. But we need respect mm -hmm. in the world today. And the main thing is professionalism. So I'm still being hired. This is what I do. My company uh, is leadership development. And so one of the niche topics that I love doing is still that one legacy program. I call it Make Your Mark and Make It Count. And it's about how emerging leaders, how they should show up, you know, and how they can dress appropriately or not, depending on the industry, mm -hmm. and how their behaviors matter. And even social savvy, and we end with dining skills. Isn't that fun? Well, do you feel like in the digital age uh -huh. that things have changed over the years, the things that you've taught? Or do you find that the things that you've been teaching all along are still completely relevant, still in play? Or have you had to modify anything along Absolutely the way? Absolutely modify. Really? Okay. Mm -hmm. I have. I, I just believe that respect is the basis of all of it, mm -hmm. the respect for people. So rude behavior was back then, rude behavior is now, and rude behavior isn't respect. So, But right. yes, don't you think the digital has made a difference? It has, and I, I think one of the things that I've had to learn is your tone in an email can mm. come across completely different than your tone in person. And so there's little things with that that I've had to kind of modify as time has gone on. But I just wondered if kind of the rules of etiquette have changed a little bit or if you've just kind of had to add more onto that as time has gone on because now we communicate so differently. I have friends that won't leave or check voicemails at all anymore. And really? so the only way they will communicate is through text message, email, mm -hmm. social media, and that presents a whole other host of problems sometimes. So, Well, yesterday I was really um, delighted to hear this. I was in a workshop and there were all ages. And guess what they wanted to talk about? What? Just exactly that. Email. Really? And when to send it and when not. And all the stories about how it got them in trouble. And texting. I mean, the whole thing. So we spent, I don't know, two hours just, just batting back and forth because they had been stung in business mm -hmm. with some of the things they just sort of did right and then it caught up with them so it it's just so interesting how yes things change you have to modify it but if people just think in the morning when they get up what am i going to do today how am i going to communicate the most effectively and professionally if i want to move forward in my career and that's the sweet spot is emerging leaders those people that are trying to move forward in their career. Well, I think one thing that that makes me think of is you obviously have a very strong sense of who you are, um, which is how you're able to help these people figure out who they are. So what are some of your personal philosophies? What kind of grounds you? Mm. Hillary, I think the main thing that grounds me is knowing from whence I came, mm -hmm. um, which is from very humble beginnings and never forgetting that. And always looking in the rear view mirror at what I can do better, being a constant learner, and really caring about the other person 
not just what you can do for me, mm -hmm. but what we can do together. So I just the people you. skills. Thank you. <laughs> well, you know, we've talked about your life, kind of gotten a snapshot of your life. Is there anything that you would go back and do differently? Have more babies. <laughs> yeah, I would have more babies. Sad to say, we did lose a child to a car crash. That was one of the things that I mentioned early on, some ups and downs. That's mm -hmm. about as down as you can get as a mother. Mm -hmm. And I do. I wish I had had more children. At least one more, two more maybe. I loved it. I love being a mother. Yeah. And I raised them. And now I'm a grandmother, and it's still all really good. I love it. Well, the fact that you have had children, now grandchildren, mm -hmm. and then you have this amazing business. You're helping people all the time. You've lived an incredible life. Um, and now you're helping kind of bring clarity to other people's lives and businesses. So I want to know, um, what's a habit that you've taken on that helps bring clarity to your life that you sort of instill in other people? Mm. What comes to mind is a habit I started about three years ago. Mm -hmm. And it's the gratitude model which is every morning I wake up and the first thing I do intentionally is to list five things to myself <laughs> that I'm grateful for. And I do the same thing at night. What happened today that I'm grateful for? And I'll tell you where it came from. Just it, it lifts me up when mm -hmm. I spend more time focusing on what is happening mm -hmm. than what isn't. What I do have versus what I don't have. Not yeah. looking at other people and, oh my gosh, I wish I could be like them or do, no, 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 no. So that gratitude actually statistically does do something for us because it keeps us focused on positives and then we are more positive. Right. So gratitude and that's that's the biggest habit I think that's been helpful for me. That's a great tip and it's something yeah. that's free. It doesn't cost anything to, to be grateful and focus on those things, which is awesome. So you work with a lot of high level people who are just trying to be the best at what they do. What do you think keeps people from being the best or their version of the best? Oh, one thing that's been very interesting to me and I'll speak for myself too. You know, we all have those times, Hillary, when maybe you do too, when we we aren't as confident mm -hmm. as as we can be. So self-confidence can get eroded in particularly in this fast-paced world that we're in. Mm -hmm. People are afraid of their jobs. There's so much going on with mergers and acquisitions and people are getting cut. Uh, there's more competition. It's faster paced. I like to say we're living in a world of raplexity. Mm -hmm. That's two words, rapid and complex. And that's <laughs> the world that we're in. And so it's so fast paced and, and people just get, me included, so into the rut, into the rut, into the rut. Yeah. So I think that um, maintaining our self-confidence, then I'm often asked, well, how do you show up and when you're not feeling confident? So you fake it till you make it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let it show. Well, and I always say, if you're feeling unhappy, if you just start smiling, eventually you'll convince yourself. So it's kind of the same like principle, that. right? Just fake it till you make it. No, it's true. It's true. Um, so how would you say we can train our minds to overcome that fear, just continually 
telling ourselves we can do it and faking it till we make it, or what do you suggest? <laughs> no, fear is real. Mm. I've been fearful many, many times. Uh, fear is something that we can fear. Um, usually in business, it's not meeting expectations, mm -hmm. or it's not moving forward as fast as we can and what's wrong with me what's wrong with me we always you know we always self-deprecate oh, what am i doing wrong and what am i why why didn't i get that that career promotion and and um so again i'll just speak for me hillary there's these little voices right one is the positive and one's the negative and i've just tried to recognize that first of all what am I saying? What's my self-talk? What am I allowing my mind to say to myself? I learned something early on, and I'll really be vulnerable. There was a time when I had some depression. Came out of it just fine. But during that time, a friend of mine said, back to the little voices, said, you know, when you think of something negative, just pretend it's, there's a candle that's sparking, and you just blow that candle out. <laughs> And that was such a good visual for me. Right. And so shortly thereafter, this is kind of funny, I went in to do an interview. And no one knew ever that I had those down times, ever, because I just put on the face, right? right? You just keep going. And so I went into the makeup department, and this makeup artist was doing the face, and he said, now I'm going to do this for your makeup so that it won't show your noses so long. And I went, <laughs> in my mind. <laughs> and then they whisked me off to the hairstylist to fix my hair a little bit. Right. And she said, now I'm going to fix your hair a little bit more, a little fuller here so it doesn't show that your ears stick out a little bit. <laughs> and I think, there are so many days when I'm just going, just blowing the just, just keep blowing them out. Because <laughs> you know, what we put into our mind is like a computer and if we don't blow right. it out, it's there. Right. Delete, delete, delete. No, it's so true. Yeah. Especially during the digital age, there there are so many things written on social media or just comments on posts and it's I think it's so hard for for all of us to ignore those kinds of things. And that's a good visual because <laughs> anytime somebody writes something rude on my Instagram, I'm going to be blowing the candle out in my mind. <laughs> well, exactly. And why do people do that in the first place? Why are they going to say something? I know. The anonymity, I guess, of being uh -huh. behind a keyboard. and Because we, there are things written online that you would never say to someone's face. I mean, you would just never say that to and them. And you get in, in that on life. your fashion oh, blog? Of course. Oh, how yes. do you, well, what do you do? You know, I, I used to take it really personally, but then mm -hmm. I thought, and if it's someone that really knows me, then I would stop and think, was well, this a constructive criticism? But if it's someone that's a total stranger I've never met, mm -hmm. I just always think, that person doesn't actually know me. There you go. I, why would I care about what someone who's never met me thinks? And I try and keep that focus. And I, I also tend to delete those comments because I'm like, well, this is my, this is my Instagram or my Facebook mm -hmm. or my blog. This is my space. I don't want negativity on my space. Some mm -hmm. people decide to leave them. I, I typically don't address it. I just ignore it. There's maybe only been a handful of times that I can't I've imagine. ever responded back. I, I had a, 
a photo that I put up after having a baby and a guy made a rude comment about my backside saying I didn't have one. And so this is the only time I've ever really responded to anyone. But I said, try telling that to my jeans from college because oh <laughs> I was like, I, I can't fit into those anymore. Goodness. But I rarely ever respond because I just think there's so much negativity in the world. Mm -hmm. I would rather ignore it and mm -hmm. just focus on the positive things. And you know what? People are attracted to positivity. Mm -hmm. We just are. Who wants to be without Debbie Downers? I agree. I think that's so true. So one question that I wanted to ask you, because you essentially take people, many of whom communicate for a living, and teach them how to be better communicators. Mm -hmm. How can we be a better communicator? <laughs> I mean, whether it's in person or online or even in our personal relationships. One word comes to mind. Be better listeners. That sounds so simplistic, mm -hmm. but it's not because, again, back to how fast we're going and doing what you're doing now and you do so well, it's why you're good as an anchor, wow. is listening with your eyes. And I can tell and people can tell when someone is really listening versus a story again last week when I was coaching an executive and he said every time I go into my boss he's got his he's got his little mm -hmm. texting going on and I said seriously I mean used to be well they stayed behind the computer now the iPhone and he's texting right and what are you gonna say isn't that something it's amazing it's, a, it's amazing the lack of connection I think people feel today because we are so distracted. So I mm -hmm. guess just being a better listener is the best place to start. Really listen. Care. Care enough to listen. That's number one. And it makes you feel so important when somebody takes the time to really focus on you and listen. I've heard mm -hmm. from lots of different people in interviews that that's one of the reasons that Tom Cruise has been... Um, a superstar for as long as he has because they said when you're in a room with him he looks right at you he focuses directly on you and really gives you that attention where you feel like you're the only person in the room that's good to know and I thought that's interesting mm -hmm. yeah that that's that's one of his great skills and I thought well you know that's that's charisma because we don't get that from a lot of people no where they focus just on us well I like him better so if you could have any guest on this show, because you, I mean, you interview people from all walks of life and work for lots of different companies or have started their own businesses, so you've had some great guests. But if you could have a dream guest on the show, who would it be? <laughs> well, first, every guest I've ever had is a dream guest because I want them on the show, and when they say yes, that's awesome. <laughs> um, I would say Ina Garten. Because my passion is cooking. Mm -hmm. That's what I do when I'm stressed. I go home and cook. And I've always watched her. I think her recipes are the best. Mm -hmm. I can just pull out any book and, and um, hit one, and I know it's good. Uh, so I'd love to have Ina Garten. And she's fun and very relatable. Mm -hmm. I, think she I think so. Yeah, she just seems like somebody you could call up and, hey, let's come over and make a dish. Yeah. I like her a lot. Mm -hmm. So you love to cook in your spare time. What mm -hmm. else do you like to do? Um, if you had an afternoon to just go do whatever you wanted to do, what would you do? I would probably keep working. <laughs> <laughs> well, you love what you do. That's great. <laughs> no, you know what? I like to take time to just let my mind reflect and think on some things mm -hmm. because 
there's so many creative, wonderful things to be doing these days on, mm -hmm. on the show or writing or the newsletter I have out, Valerie's Voice or whatever. And so just taking some time to reflect and, and uh, just be quiet. Just be mm -hmm. quiet. Mm -hmm. um, that's, how, that's how my first book came about was that reflective time. And um, I started just, just writing. And gratefully, a publisher talked to me about what I'd want to write about. And it wasn't the book that we talked about, mm -hmm. but he called back and said, you know, I think you should just write your story. Now, that was a long, in fact, I'll show you. This, <laughs> this is what I looked like yesterday. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Beautiful as ever. No. And so, <clears throat> but it was that reflection time and thinking, just thinking and just, just write. You never know. You might come up with a blog. You might come up with a, an idea that just clicks. And, but if you're going, 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 the brain has to breathe and it doesn't. So right. Slow down. And so tell me a little bit about your books, too, because I know a lot of people listening might not know that you've written so many books and about lots of different things. So tell me just kind of about an overview of things that you've written about. So that was my first book. And I mentioned The Charm School. Mm -hmm. And so uh, when I was writing the first book, I said to the publisher, okay, I've written my story. Now let me write a book about what I do. And uh, he said, okay, well, we'll try it. And it was called Corporate Protocol, a briefcase for business etiquette. Oh, that's cute. I love it. <laughs> and that is when Letitia Baldridge wrote her first book that just hit and opened up this whole industry of uh, professional etiquette and all of that sort mm -hmm. of thing, which I'm still doing. And I uh, got to interview her. And when I did, I was there as, as a book signing. She'd written a book called Complete Guide for Executive Manners. And when I heard that, I thought, oh, but I'm writing on that. <laughs> and I, I, her book was done. Mine was in process. And she was the most delightful person. Talk about being real and authentic. Letitia Baldrige, who has passed, was the social secretary for Jackie Kennedy. Oh, wow. And we met that day, and I sheepishly said, oh, Miss Baldrige, to which she said, oh, call me Tish. I said, I just can't do that. <laughs> But I told her about writing this book and that I was writing something like that. And she said, oh, that's wonderful. She had a deep voice. The more who write about this civility, the better we'll have relationships in business. <laughs> and she became my mentor. Oh, how cool. nice. Yeah. Now, you speak quite a bit also. Mm -hmm. Do you ever get nervous? Yes, every time. How do you handle it? How I do fake you? it till I make it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always looking for tips and tricks on oh. how to be less nervous. Because public speaking is just, you know, one of the number one fears. It and is. I always wonder what people do personally to kind of psych themselves up to get through it. Be prepared. Mm. Be prepared. I know what I'm going to talk about. I may forget some of the details, but I've got those main things in my head. So if I know the topic and I'm confident that I know the topic, then you just have to trust that you know the topic and that it will come out. 
and practice, practice, practice. But you know, Hillary, I think if, if I weren't a little bit nervous, I think I wouldn't be real. I don't want to be a canned right. speaker or canned anything. So, When you're nervous, people can relate to that. Anyone in the yes. audience can relate to that. Oh, anyone that says they're not nervous, I okay, great. I want to be like <laughs> you when I grow up. With leaders and just with leadership in general, are there a set of qualities that you see over and over and over with people who are emerging leaders? Or do people sometimes surprise you? Because hmm. I often wonder if you see the same pattern with leadership potential or if there are some people who become leaders that kind of surprised you a little bit. Well, that's why the show, actually. Mm-hmm because I want the leaders who are successful because they've done things right, Right. meaning they've been respectful, they really do care about the company and the people who make the difference in the company, and they exude their own strengths, and they're not afraid to talk about what they've done as a mistake. They're just real people. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, emerging leaders if there were if there was one thing that i see as a trend it's that everybody wants to do their best mm. i mean i don't think anybody gets up in the morning and says i'm just going to go to work and be sloppy you right. know? <laughs> and so working with emerging leaders and 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 being on the program you know companies have these year long emerging leader initiatives right mm-hmm. and they select people that are going to be the leaders in the company and so being able to work with them regularly every year I come into companies like McKesson and Florida Power and Light and many others and I'm a part of that program and it's all about people skills it's all about how you you build and cement relationships mm-hmm. and those things and so what I find is the hunger yeah. I want to be the best how could what do I do about this how can I handle that so that curiosity and seeking to do what it takes and, right. and to be their best, that's out there. Thank goodness. Oh, I love it. I love that, I love that that's kind of the one thing that you see in those people mm-hmm. is just having that hunger because mm-hmm. you can maybe not be the most gregarious or the most attractive person in the room or the smartest person in the room, but if you have that hunger, mm-hmm. you'll be successful. Absolutely. I love that. Is there anything that you would want the audience to know before we wrap up that maybe they wouldn't know about you? Or kind of what is the, what's maybe a dream for the next chapter of your life? Mm. Keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think knowing that you're doing something that is, is a strength and, and going for it Mm-hmm. Rather than, oh, what are my strengths and I got to figure it out and then I got to figure out what to do with them. Yes, you do. Absolutely. So um, I just enjoy helping people identify what really is your personal brand, Hillary, you know? Mm-hmm. Who are you and, and how do you exude the authentic self that you are? And um, helping them be successful, that's what gives me a buzz. 
Oh, it's the best feeling. And you are the best at it. Thank you. You really are. You are the best at it. it. And I love doing it right. I can't wait to watch all the future episodes. And I'm so glad that you let me interview you so that we could get some background on you. I was nervous. Oh, I was nervous. But see, fake it till you make it because no one could tell that you were nervous because you just, I mean, you're such a bright light. I'm so glad that we have someone like you to put this kind of uh, content and inspiration out there. So Thank helpful. you. That means a lot. Yeah. Appreciate it. Hope you all enjoy it. <laughs> Thanks for listening. To receive Valerie's voice, free monthly leadership tips, and to learn more about her leadership programs and coaching, visit her website, ValerieAndCompany.com. Next week, we'll be here again to inspire, engage, and equip you with teachable points of view from successful leaders who have been doing it right. Until then, lead authentically.